option. That's a very warm welcome to each and every one of you. Glad you could join us for this episode 7 of the Football Attic Podcast with me, Chris Oakley. And me, Richard Johnson. Ah, so nice start, to be with I you. I doing you. that stupid voice I know. when I do these intros. <laughs> have you been sort of studying at RADA or something? I mean, I, Yes, I have indeed, sir. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm, mm, no, no, I haven't. No, no, you haven't. No, clearly you haven't. No. I do apologise. It's all a facade. Yes, it is nice to be with you once again. Uh, if you're a regular listener, it's nice to have you back. If you're a new listener, then uh, let me just explain that this is going to be um, an hour of chat on a, a football nostalgia topic uh, of our choosing. Um, it's likely to be very boring if you're not into that kind of thing, so you might want to switch off now. But if um, if you're vaguely interested in that kind of thing, stick around. Uh, hopefully, you'll enjoy it. And uh, Rich, nice to be talking to you again. How's things in your world of football nostalgia? It's not bad. I'm, I've got a week off at the moment, so that's that's quite nice. Although, as I pointed out to you earlier, Chris, some of the kids have been ill this week, so I'm yeah. not getting any time off again. It's not fair. <laughs> they keep doing it's a conspiracy. They're just ill to stop me enjoying my time off. I swear they are. It's just you know, just, I'm not happy about it. I might just have to just go away or <laughs> send them to the orphanage, <laughs> yeah, to the workhouse with you. <laughs> well, uh, you might have a week off, but I've got a week off. Um, see what oh, I did there? Oh, God. Hey. Oh, we've started. We've set the bar um, low, thank you. <laughs> I really have got a bit of a cough, so if I suddenly um, uh, go off into a fit of coughing, then you'll know what that's all about, but apologies in advance anyway. Uh, now then, uh, if you've been following us on Twitter and on Facebook, then you'll know that uh, we've done our usual pre-podcast appeal uh, for your uh, suggestions, comments, opinions, and so on on our topic today, which is FA Cup Memories. Uh, I think it was the last podcast we did, or maybe the one before we did World Cup Memories. Uh, great fun for us, and uh, seemed to go down very well with all of you. And uh, as of the FA Cup final is only probably about a month away, uh, as we're recording this, we thought we'd uh, do a bit of a preview of that uh, by looking backwards to FA Cups of the past. We're going to be discussing our favourite FA Cup finals uh, and indeed all the uh, uh, all the faffing around that kind of goes along with it, the way that uh, maybe FA Cup finals used to be um, presented on TV and all that kind of stuff. Uh, lots to come and we'll also be giving you details later on if you want to continue the conversation on how you can uh, get in touch with us uh, and all of that jazz. So, uh, Rich... I'm going to start off, normally we start off with a question which is like, what was your first dot, 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 because it seems like a natural thing, I guess, to do at the start of a podcast, but um, I'm going to go a bit sort of off on a limb on this one. Um, something a bit different. I mean, what's your view, as things stand, on the FA Cup as a concept? Because certainly over the last couple of years or so, if you kind of go onto Twitter, uh, if you make that mistake, um, and, and you sort of tap into the, the views of many of the people that are out there, it seems like there's a growing dissatisfaction with the FA Cup in, in the modern era, as if maybe it's not as good as it used to be, or, I don't know, just the teams that you get in the final means it's either one-sided or, you, you know, you get weak teams maybe from lower leagues and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a, been a lot of that kind of stuff being spoken about over the last couple of years, but what's your view? Um, well, actually, before I answer that, I'm actually just going just gonna to reel off one thing that we got from the first response that we had from Twitter when we put out about mm. this being the FA Cup, and that was from the Cov City podcast, or the Neil Lamity <laughs> show, uh, who just put, can the whole thing just be about 1987, please? Play up no. Um, no. Alas, no, it can't. Uh, I will try. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. But <laughs> I think Chris might steer me off it quite a lot. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, in terms of the FA Cup itself... Um, Ah, it's, it's a tough one, really. I mean, it's it's not exactly hard to argue that it's lost a lot of its appeal. Um, hmm. The fact that it's shown at, what is it, like, you know, quarter past nine or something on a, on a Sunday evening or something, whatever it is now, I can't remember. Um, 5.15 on Saturday, just to be quite yeah, correct you know, on kind that. of after the X Factor, in between the voting or something, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the fact that it's, it's now moved from its traditional 3pm on a Saturday slot, um, it's, it's, it's just... I don't know. The whole, I mean, like to be honest, everything in football's being kind of rearranged for the for the sake of the Premier League and for the Champions League. So it's it's hard to see any cup competition, you know, as as anything as as a, as good as it used to be when when mm. we were kids, you know. But at yeah. the same time, it's like how I mean, that, the problem is we're not kids anymore. You know, we're not. No. Um, 
we're not you know <coughs> 10 11 or something so generally watching football doesn't have that same sense of awe and wonder anyway so it'd be interesting no. to know um, it wouldn't really I don't really care for the opinions of children usually but it would be interesting <laughs> to know if they still see this thing as some kind of like magic competition but then I suppose it's not really presented as that kind of thing um, it's not really presented no. as a um, I'm trying to think actually I, I do apologise there was someone on I think it was Facebook I'm just going to nip to the Facebook page to see if I can find out who it was um, you just made, everyone yeah uh, <laughs> made the comment that you know um uh, 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 I have to edit this bit out where I'm just humming and everything. <laughs> ah, there we go. Henry King. It was uh, in his final comment said, uh, "Most of all, I miss the fact it used to be the pinnacle of a player career." And I think that's a really mm. good point. You know, okay, yes. you could argue the World Cup was probably higher than that, but in terms of domestic cup competitions, I mean, okay, European Cup is has always been higher I suppose but yeah. to be honest 99% of players were never going to get there so for a domestic season the FA Cup was the pinnacle of the career yes you could win the league yeah. but there was always something special about the FA Cup and, and to be honest now the fact that it's not even played at the end of the season anymore is another thing that's kind of taken the shine off it oh, yeah. and I, I, yeah. don't, I don't quite understand why they're doing it it's like and we, you know people flock to the Premier League anyway is it, is it not enough you know is it not popular enough already that they have to then seemingly destroy every other competition that might be seen as competition for the Premier League. I mean, Jesus Christ, mm. the Premier League's great and all, but it's it's not it's it's not a cup competition. It's not a knockout tournament, you know. And mm. I, I think maybe that's why they're trying to do it because the point is the FA Cup as a tournament, because it is a pure knockout tournament. There's none of this kind of um, you know. There's no two legs. There's no group stages. It's purely a knockout competition. One off. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can end up with freak results like you know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some kind of formal winner of it getting knocked out by a non-league side if that ever happens ha 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 mm. ha um, <laughs> um, but, but that's the great thing about it I mean the funny thing is um, uh, I mentioned that yesterday and, and um, oh now I've forgotten his name Gandemonium I'm sure it was uh, <laughs> uh, he says yes it was yes ha ha and he said uh, very brave uh, he says uh, if I get on my I'll, pro- I'll ping some stuff over and it won't be all you know what um, I'm mm-hmm. obviously referencing when Coventry got knocked out by Sutton United but actually to me although it was painful at the time that is part of the magic of the FA Cup the fact that we got knocked out by Sutton United and we'd only won it two years before I mean that was just insane when it happened and I don't know does that still happen anymore but then I suppose you have to ask did it really happen that much in those days because that's why it was you know an FA Cup shock because it didn't happen Mm. that often so people go oh you know it just never happens these days it's always the big boys that win but if you look through history how often has it been that it's not been one of the big four or five or whatever that's got through to the final I mean you look at most of the 80s okay we had the spike where you know Coventry got through and then Wimbledon the following year the following the previous year before that was Everton Liverpool who were the top two teams in the country and the year after Wimbledon was Everton Liverpool who were at the time the top two teams in the country so it's like to to be honest the FA Cup has usually been fought out between the big boys because the the little ones hardly ever get there it's just that Mm -hmm. I suppose we grew up in a kind of point where it happened you know you got freak results quite a bit with Coventry and other teams getting to the final and and this year you know who's in the semi-finals I don't actually know because I'm not really even following it. Um, isn't who Mill- is it? Yeah, Mill- they were there, but they've, and they've been knocked out now, haven't they? I don't know. They've been where knocked out now. Yes, it's, where, where are we? In the whole time <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> um, Wigan, Man City in the final, and um, yeah, it was like, Millwall and Chelsea beaten in the semis. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Wigan are in, in, are in the final. You know, that was okay. It's because yes. they played Millwall, so one of them was going to mm. get through. But it's like they're in the final you know so you can yeah. argue that we're exactly where we were in the 80s we've got a, a small team albeit you know it's still in the premiership but so were Coventry and so were Wimbledon you know they were still yeah. in the top divisions when they got through and actually both of those teams were doing a hell of a lot better than Wigan are at the moment so mm. you could argue that we've had it's more of a shock that Wigan are there so <laughs> <coughs> you can't I don't know it's really difficult because no it doesn't feel the same it doesn't feel as magical but is that just because we're older or is it partly because they're moving things around? It's not the. It's mm. not the. It's well. It's definitely not the highlight of the season anymore. You, can, you know, there's no. You can't get away from that fact. Mm. It isn't the pinnacle of the season anymore because that's clearly the the last day of the season now is uh the, you know the last day of the Premier Champions League. League or- yeah, and the Champions League. They are the two pinnacles of the season. So the FA mm. Cup's been sort of forgotten, but. Mm. But in but in your view, I mean, do you still sort of stick up for the FA Cup? Are you still a sort of supporter and wave the banner and say yes, you know, I'm all for the FA Cup? Or yeah, I, th- I still I still really like the FA Cup and I still think it's a great tournament because I mean, 
it's, it doesn't feel as special anymore, which I think is mm. a big shame because um, I remember when Cov won the FA Cup. Winning the FA Cup was when you were when I was a kid. That was almost. If, if not equal to winning the league it was like the league and the FA Cup and obviously most people if you were you know like a manager in the team you wanted to win the league because that's the, that's the marathon not the sprint malarkey yes, but it's yeah. like who cares you know if you won the FA Cup that was awesome that was when you were yeah. a kid that was brilliant if you won the FA Cup it meant so much you know and even actually even mm. in those days if you won the League Cup or the Littlewoods Cup I think it was when I was first into it um, mm. that was still a big achievement I mean the League Cup actually sure. I think has had a bit of a resurgence in the last few years to be honest oh definitely yeah yeah um, especially with having the final moved away from like kind of January February when they started putting it back to which was just ludicrous mm. um, yeah yeah but it's yeah. that's so I don't know I mean, there is there is hope and I, I definitely still there's definitely still a place for it we still need that cup competition um, mm. but it's just I, I wish they'd give it a bit more kudos well that's yeah you've kind of hit upon the point I was about to make essentially I mean um, yes uh, I mean for my for, for what it's worth I'm still very much a, a fan of the FA Cup and yes it, it has been overshadowed by the Premier League and the Champions League and everything else but um, the reason I, I, I feel it should still be supported wholeheartedly is because of the whole potential for you know David v Goliath um, matches that you get and the potential for giant killings to be made. I know it's a bit sort of hackneyed the whole thing that's been done to death over the years, um, but it is from the if you put yourself in the point of view of the um, uh, in the position of uh, a player from I don't know even like League Two or a non-League team, that is your one shot potentially every season to take on a big team and beat them it's a one-off as we've said before it's a one-off thing and if you're playing for i don't know kidderminster harriers or something and then it's, you could find yourself playing against manchester united and all right you might not in on, on paper you might not beat them because you haven't got the quality in your team but for, from from your personal point of view that's going to be a tremendous kind of boost to your career and and the and it's you know even if you achieve nothing else in your career you can at least look back on that and sort of say i played man united once maybe you, you stand every chance of taking a team to a say a replay because obviously um the lower teams the lower league teams or whatever put a lot more effort into 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 trying to make something of that occasion so quite often they probably will put more effort in than the, than the team that's superior to them um so for that reason alone i think the fa cup deserves to exist okay um we may not have had too many smaller teams appearing in the final and and so on in the last few years but i mean we mentioned wigan there um let's let's not be coy about this I mean, you know wigan are staring relegation in the face at the moment and it's possibly the Partly the reason for that is because they've decided to have a go at winning the FA Cup. But I say, well done to them, actually, because there are so many teams out there that are just sort of existing, frankly, just from year to year and holding their position in the in the, in the Premier League and just securing that place in the top flight every year that they they don't dare look at any other competitions or committing resources to that competition. They just want to secure their place in the Premier League year in, year out, and they're not actually winning anything. And certainly if you're a player, and if you're a fan, of course, what you want is for your team to win things. So well done, Wigan, I say. They've actually made a go of it. And even if they don't win the FA Cup next month, then yeah, they've, they've reached a, a Wembley Cup final or the, an FA Cup final. And... There's no shame in that at all, and and it's I mean uh, speaking as a West Ham fan, I mean we we got to the final in whatever it was 2006, uh, and lost to Liverpool, and I'm proud to say it's regarded as one of the better cup finals in recent years. But that that aside, even the fact that we got to a cup final, I think well at least we've done something in the last ten years, and and Wigan fans will be able to say the same thing. So um, yes, I'm very much a, fa- a fan of the FA Cup, and um, you know long may she reign and all that. Well, I mean, actually, it's a good point about, you know, getting to finals and winning stuff. I mean, one of my friends, well, it's a colleague more than anything, because he's a Birmingham fan, you know. Um, he <laughs> he really was friend. Yeah, exactly. I can't call him a friend, can I? It's just wrong. It's evolutionary <laughs> wrong. Um, he, um, he was saying, because I think they won the League Cup a couple of years ago, and then obviously got into Europe. But I think they got, I'm pretty sure they got relegated in the same season. Mm. But he said, you know, a lot of fans have said to him, oh, you know, I'd rather have stayed in the Premiership and not won the bloody Cup. And he was like, well, I'd rather have won the Cup. You know, because yes. what the hell goes down in history? What goes on your club record of doesn't go down as stayed in the Premier League that year. It goes down as you know, <laughs> League Cup winners, and they get a run yeah. in Europe. And it's like, even though you know, realistically, they probably weren't going to do anything massive in the UEFA Cup uh, or the mm. Europa League, as it's crappily named nowadays. Um, <laughs> 
And it's like, you know, it's not the point. You got to Wembley, you got to a, a cup final, you won it, and then that's on your record. You have won a cup. You know, that, yeah. it's, it's better than, to, than staying in the Premiership. But then that's the point, isn't it? These days, it's not supposed to be regarded as better. And, and that's, no. that's what annoys me, is the fact, you know, years ago, winning the FA Cup and getting relegated would still be considered... It'd been a bit of a disaster from that side of things. But, but at the same time, bloody hell, we won the FA Cup. You know, fantastic. <laughs> Let's just yeah. regroup and see if we can get back into the top division next year. Whereas nowadays, it's like anything involving like dropping out of the Premier League is seen as an absolute disaster and, and it kind of annoys me that you know you could win the FA Cup and get relegated and it would still be regarded as a disaster mm. and then actually people would almost start looking at the FA Cup going oh I wish we hadn't won it because that distracted us and that's yeah. why we got relegated it's like no you shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't be seeing that as like a kind of secondary thing to the Premier League whereby oh that's caused us to lose this it's like no but you've won that do you not get this you know mm. I mean I mean, we, we nearly got to the final of the Johnson's Paint Trophy this year and it's the you know it's the only cup that we've actually had a decent sniff of since the Simod Cup in 1988. You know? <laughs> Those um, are the days. Exactly, yeah. Well, hey, damn you, Reading. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's like, you know, Cobb went nuts over it because it's like, it might be the Johnson's Paint Trophy. Who cares? It was like, it was a cup competition. Oh, quite right too. Yeah. And, it was, and it was really, really exciting. And we got like, you know, kind of 32,500 people at the Rico. Okay, they all disappeared again the following week, but that's not the point. You know, <laughs> we still got them there, and it's like, but the, the city has not been that excited about football for a very long time, and that can only mm. be good, you know. It's like, and that was, and that's like I say, that wasn't the FA Cup, it wasn't even the League Cup, but it's just like mm. that's what it does mean to a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, however, I think that there should be certain rules they should place around the FA Cup. And that oh, yes. is, and these should be these should be enforced. I don't know how, but they should. And that <laughs> By is, you, yeah, exactly. Saturday, <laughs> three o'clock kickoff on <coughs> on the last game of the season, not including the Champions League final in that, because traditionally mm-hmm. European Cup was always after the FA Cup anyway. So it yep. should be the last game of the season. It should be at three o'clock on a Saturday, and also in the previous rounds, any team that's like a lower league team or whatever when it's drawn against a premiership team it should be played at whoever's ground it was drawn uh, drawn at so mm. if it's at Kidderminster and they are the home team, it should be played at Kidderminster, Kidderminster it should yeah. not be swapped to the bigger ground, just so they can all make a bit more money, I don't care if we're the Kidderminster get more money out of it or not it's the <laughs> fact, it, that's part of the FA Cup to me it's playing, you know, yeah. when you see these premiership teams going to pokey little grounds I mean when Cov lost at Sutton I, I loved that because it's just like you know here's this I mean, premiership not premiership but like here's this division one team hmm. and, and they're going to this ground that looks like you know got like a shed I, I, yes. I, I honestly don't know what Sutton United's ground looks like I'm assuming it's a shed because it's Sutton you know um, <laughs> and a ploughed cow field <laughs> exactly yeah with a couple of like you know wild rabbits looking on um, and about three fans and, uh, and that's that's lovely and quaint, and that's what it should be. It shouldn't be this, you know, kind of oh, let's rearrange it. I mean, because I think it was, I think I'm sure it was Newcastle um, in the in the sort of late '90s or early 2000s, and they got really pissy with some lower league team. I don't know if Stevenage, it was Kidder- wasn't it? Was it Stevenage? That was it. I think yeah. it might have been. And they yeah. got really pissy because Stevenage went, well, no, we want to play it at our ground, and they were mm-hmm. like, well, no, you can't. Excuse me. Yes, we can. We're the home team. We can do what the hell we want. And they got really arsy about it. And I think Stephen stuck to their guns and did play it at their ground. And I think yes. that's actually when they drew. And then, of mm-hmm. course, it did go back to St. James's Park. But it's just like, no, I'm sorry, that's the rules. You shouldn't be allowed to swap it for financial gain. It's, that's devaluing what the FA Cup is. Sorry. Yes. That's just my, no, old fashion, right. my old fashioned view on it there. No, no, no. No, I'm completely uh, with you on that. Um, I mean, we'll kind of move on a little bit here because um, we're talking about the here and now in a lot of cases, and, and uh, this is a, a retro uh, nostalgia podcast, so we must uh, look at the, at the past. But, I mean, one final point I'll just make is that I'm sure if there were um, more academic types uh, involved in this podcast, and they might chip in and sort of say the reason why um, the, the FA Cup final is now kind of shifted to 5.15 on a Saturday late afternoon early evening uh, is because it's perhaps being marketed more for the asian market but i'm just trying to work out the time difference because i remember um uh, a few years ago i went over to thailand for a for a holiday with my wife and um <laughs> we brilliantly timed it on the so that we went on the final week of the season thereby meaning that i practically missed the last week of the premier league season the fa cup final and the champions league final good planning eh um but um but having got to um thailand i think the fa cup final was being played and i tried to stay up 
to watch it and i think i had to stay up till about one o'clock in the morning by which time i was in no fit state to kind of really appreciate what was happening so and that was when it was three o'clock in the afternoon so if you move it forward a couple of hours then in that part of the world it's still going to be shown at say three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning so i don't i I can't believe they've actually shifted it to the you know latter afternoon uk time so that it appeals to the um to the asian market but i could be wrong about that i don't know but um it's all wrong and um it should be put back as it was that's um that's my very (laughs) brief broad brush sort of uh, view on things Hmm. anyway Enough yeah. about the, the FA Cup. Thank you. Enough about the FA Cup in the uh, in the here and now. Let's go co- go back to yesteryear. Um, Rich, um, what was your sort of first um, sort of appreciation of the FA Cup? At what point did it enter your life? Um, probably not until nineteen eighty five, eighty six. Really, um, <laughs> so I thought you were going to say until eighty seven. Yes, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Why? What happened in eighty seven? Um, <laughs> no, the year before, and I think I mentioned this on the World Cup podcast um, that the in you know kind of the pre the run up to Mexico 86 I had because my half my family from Liverpool I, I you know mm. whenever they were in the final or anything there was a lot of interest in it so I remember obviously 85-86 was an all Liverpool final because it was Liverpool yeah. versus Everton so I thought oh, I'll, have, I'll watch this you know and it was quite a good final as well you know 3-1 to Liverpool but as I've pointed out on the uh, World Cup Memories podcast that I did actually miss the start of the second half because at half time I went and read my brother's <laughs> diary and got caught and got told off so, <laughs> this um, still amuses me this does <laughs> it still amuses me as well. You know. If only I could remember what the hell, what the hell the entries were about. You know, um, <laughs> girlfriends but, and things. I'm guessing. I don't know stuff, uh, stuff like that. Maybe if you knew my my brother, you'd know that was not true. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. Are, um, you, are you flicking your pen there? By the way, I just, sorry, I'm, I'm playing with a switch. Sorry. <laughs> I guess this, <laughs> what sort of switch? It's 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 a switch that came with the stuff that I made the Sabutio floodlights for. Um, oh. for for the uh, for the little nice grandson plug. there. I was mm. going to say no, it's not a plug; it's a switch. <laughs> hey, hey, I give it a watch. I've been all week. Um, <laughs> so where, where was I? Eighty-five, eighty-six. I'll stop fidgeting with things now. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm just trying to speak on behalf of the audience. They might be getting annoyed by it for all I, I know. Well, they can start off. <laughs> just joking, listeners. Please come back. Um, so eighty-five, eighty-six. So that was my first encounter, and and I think again. Like I've said before about Mexico '86, I think it's all. I was always cursed because it was a good final. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get, you, you know, you see this thing for the first time. It's like, wow, this is excellent. You know, we get this every season, and then of course you get '87, which was also a good final. And mm-hmm. then you kind of okay, '88 had its highlights, you know, in the Wimbledon one, but it was a pretty ropey final. And mm-hmm. then '89 was a good final, and then '1990 yep. was a crap final. <laughs> and it's like, and then most of the other finals since then have been pretty crappy, um, especially the ones in the last few years. In fact, I think you mentioned the West Ham one. I think, to be honest, that's mm. probably the most decent one that we've had in sort of recent time. And even that's, you know, that's what, seven, eight years ago now. Mm. Yep. So, so, but I yeah, my just, first. Go on, sorry. No, sorry, I was just going to say, I should just like to sort of stick up for Man United and Crystal Palace fans. Just saying 1990 was a crap final. That was There were six goals in that, three apiece. So, it's, you know, it's a bit of, bit of heave-ho going on in that final. So, Hang on, was, was that the replay, though? That went, we went to replay, which was only 1-0, granted. Oh, but right, the okay. first match. <laughs> sorry, I'm just yeah, trying six, to play devil's six advocate. Six goals, here. six goals, schmoles, you know. No. <laughs> I don't, all that, the funny thing is, all that, I only remember it being a boring final. Maybe it was just because <laughs> it had to teams that I didn't really care about I didn't really care whether Man United or Crystal Palace won maybe it was the replay I'm talking about I don't know well, I, I, can't, I can't remember these things are so far back Man <laughs> um, 91 wasn't too bad was it what am I talking about they've all been brilliant <laughs> but the Gaza final we, we 90, 92 Liverpool and Sunderland I don't really remember that I don't know if I actually watched that actually 93 mm. wasn't too bad because that although that, I think it was the replay of that because that went to the Arsenal Sheffield Wednesday one uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, that's I'm right, yeah. right. And that went to a replay, but the replay was good. And then '94 was somebody else. Manu, oh, uh, Manu, Chelsea, four nil. Yeah, but that, so loads of to goals. be honest, but that was one sided. But exactly that, well, I didn't enjoy that as a final, and it was raining, and that's not on. It shouldn't be raining. Or, yeah, well, that, that's, day. of course, yeah, that that um, essentially meets our criteria for you know sunshine quota for for a decent cup final. Yeah, yeah it's, if it's not sunny, then it's not a good <coughs> final. That's all. And there is to it. it was the same with '95 Everton and Man United. Again, good result in that Everton won it. Poor final, and it was a bit overcast. Mm. But then. <laughs> But then, to be fair, I think the worst one ever was the following year, which was '96, mm, yeah. which was Man U in Liverpool. If only because it had been so hyped, 
and so kind of oh it's the battle of the giants no it was yeah. the battle of the crap is what it was because it was the <laughs> and the funny thing is I was I wanted Liverpool to win that because obviously they hadn't won it for I think well at that point for about four years or something um, and mm. I really wanted them to win and I remember when Cantona yep. scored I cheered because I was just so glad that somebody <laughs> had scored and it was just that was such an awful final and Liverpool wearing that horrible white and green kit I know see there, there I have to take you to task on that because that's one of my most fondly remembered kits I actually thought it was a really good kit but you know hey let's not argue about that hang on sorry sorry hang on a minute I'll just keep doing that again if you if you're going to argue <laughs> that I was an like awful kit, kit. I don't know why say, I, say I, it was an awful kit or I'll get the switch out again <laughs> I do have a perverse kind of taste in, in many things particularly football kit design so that's a given maybe but uh, uh, yes um, so yeah no there were some some undoubtedly some good finals and I mean when I got into well I think probably the first FA Cup final I can actually remember sitting down and watching was 79 and as um, I know other people will acknowledge um, everybody sort of seems to look back on that one Man, Man United and Arsenal um, Arsenal winning 3-2 um, everybody thinks oh great final brilliant final um, well actually it wasn't as as some uh, shrewd people will, uh, will uh, confirm because uh, there was two two goals in the first half from Arsenal and then for practically the whole of the second half it was just Arsenal defending a two goal lead and then it was only right at the very end that Man United stayed to come back and then Alan Sunderland got his famous goal to kind of clinch it so it was a, it's a bit of a misnomer that one um, but it was that was the first one I think I remember seeing um, I can even remember um, strangely what I was doing before that final I ended up there was a cousin of mine who lived about half a mile away from me and um, I used to maybe see him once every I don't know six months and I just for, for whatever reason on that day ended up kind of hanging around his his flat um, and I think just before the final was on a, outside playing football with a load of kids I'd never met before and just kicking a ball around and then thought oh I'll go inside and I can remember as you can see on the video footage of the final it was it was a gloriously sunny day quite a hot day and I can remember that playing football that day I was probably only about I don't know eight eight or something like that so um uh that was the first one i saw and then um obviously west ham the following year which not a great final but good result from my point of view and then for me it was then you had a few years um where there's some pretty good finals like you had the um uh, tottenham man city final that went to replay ricky velia and all that uh that was good tottenham qpr not so good man U brighton looked like brighton was going to win on that one again went to a replay um, Everton Watford, I remember, was a good one. So yeah, I was kind of lucky as well, actually. When I, in terms of my my introduction to the FA Cup, I got to see a few good finals, which I think is probably key. Um, but um, as we kind of mentioned before, it, it is. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't sort of say, oh, the cup finals were better in those days because there were a few sort of stinkers, frankly. I mean, that Man United Liverpool one that we mentioned before. I mean, that was a classic one, and as you say, um, very overhyped because obviously you know two great teams in the final uh, and yet they just seem to kind of cancel themselves out and they just played a bit defensively and unsure of each other but um um but uh let's just say that in recent years i think what there's been there's been a few finals where you've had teams like and i'm sorry if i cause any offense here i don't really intend to but teams like i don't know portsmouth and cardiff and whatever being in the final and you find a lot of people sort of going sort of saying oh well you know um one-sided a one-sided final you know we don't want that you know if, the, if there's a team from outside the premier league it's gonna be one-sided you think well not necessarily sometimes yes it does kind of work out a bit that way but you know what are you gonna what are you, what are you gonna do you're gonna ban teams from outside the premier league taking part because you know it's, don't that's... don't suggest that chris because oh, you know God. that they're considering sorry. that already almost certainly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry that little recording <clears throat> device under my, my table here from the fa i think is just <laughs> picked that up i'm sorry about that uh, so you know it's, it's not it's not perfect that's a good point actually about the one-sided teams and I think that's again where we were kind of spoiled in the 80s that whenever the lower team got to the final they seemed to win you know apart from yeah. maybe Brighton in the in the early 80s but hmm. um, but it's like nowadays I mean it's like I kind of I love it when a small team gets to the final but at the oh, same yeah. time you just think oh, but to be honest they're not going to win it and it's just like and nine times out of ten they don't and it's like it's <laughs> It's not like, you know, kind of you think, oh, there's a real chance. Because, like, when Wimbledon got to the final against Liverpool, it was just astounding that they yes. beat them. Because, I mean, OK, Coventry beat Spurs the year before, but Coventry were doing all right at the time. And Spurs weren't... 
they were good, but they weren't brilliant, you know. No, um, but they beyond their kind of peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but Liverpool at the time were, you know, were absolutely dominant, and and Wimbledon, well, they weren't doing badly, but you know, they they were still a very small club, mm. um, and it was just for them to beat Liverpool, you know, what was it the uh, the um, the crazy game versus the culture club and all that, yes. like, you know, as, the, as it was called at the time. John Watson and, said, yeah, yeah exactly. you know, not at all scripted comment. <laughs> not at all, no. Oh, God, can you imagine <laughs> Jonathan Pierce saying it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's getting in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> well done. Yes, thank you. Um, bingo. Um, but can you <laughs> imagine? Were... Um, I mean, it was just at the time, it was just unbelievable because hmm. the, the, there was that little sense of belief. I think because Coventry had won the year before, there was that sense of belief that it could happen. You know, oh, had sure. Coventry lost the year before, I think it would have been like everyone has been like, oh, this is going to be like. I mean, to be fair, most people did assume that they were going to get rolled over, but there was hmm. there was that glimmer of hope, and you did believe it could happen. But even hmm. then, when it did happen, it was amazing. But nowadays, you just look at it and just think, yeah, okay, quite a few lower. It's, you know, smaller teams have got to the final and then predictably lost. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. and now it's just that there isn't that sense of hope. I honestly can't see Wigan beating Man City, Man City. who mm. I believe are in the final. Um, <laughs> and I just can't. It, it could happen, and I really hope it does. Um, sure. But I just can't see it happening. All I can see is a really kind of, you know, Wigan being really cagey from the start. Man City, I mean, if they get an early goal, Man City, that will just kill off the tie completely. Mm. I'm not yeah. saying that Wigan won't fight back, but it's just, I don't know, it just, because then they'll just control it all. And it just, I, I would love to see Wigan win mm. um, purely because. Yeah, I, t- I just don't think it's going to happen, and that that in mm. itself is kind of depressing enough about the FA Cup these days. It's like, yes, small teams can get to the final, and and to be fair, small teams didn't always win, and that's what I mean. I've, that's where I think we've been spoiled because I think we hit a really weird blip where the small teams did win, whereas traditionally yeah. they don't. You know, it's not actually normal for the small teams to to upset the people in the final. It it doesn't normally happen. So so yeah. like I say, we we've kind of had our expectations raised to a perhaps unrealistic level so maybe what we're seeing now is is normal and and we're just kind of you know dreaming the dream so to speak Mm. yeah yeah true enough um there was a point i was going to raise there and i can't remember what it was i was going to say i've lost it uh so maybe i'll kind of recall that but um um uh, what i was going to say actually is about the sort of worst I mean, we've mentioned some of the bad FA Cup finals. I mean, um, are there any that particularly stick out? You just think, my God, that was a shocker. I mean, well, I suppose the Liverpool Man U one we come back to to once again. Um, I, I, the, the one thing that's that sort of, for me, has been a slightly depressing sort of thing, really, is when you get when, when you get two big clubs. I mean, we sort of had Chelsea-Liverpool last year. I think um, we've had, uh, I remember, well, it must have been about in 2000 and... Uh, what year was that? 2005, maybe Arsenal, Man U, I think, was in the same final. And whenever you get two big teams, it's almost like I sort of think they're not really going to be up for this. They're just going to, it's just another, it's like they're expected to get to the final. And so therefore, yeah. you know, they'll just kind of play out time, maybe go for penalties. And, and so, I, yeah, I, I kind of like seeing a, a weaker team. And, and as you say, I'm, I'm, I'd love to see Wigan win. Not sure that they will, but... Um, I think Let- uh, the the other problem is as well now because because the FA Cup final isn't the last game of the season they've normally got the yeah, the last day of the Premier League to come the week after mm. so now it's a case of you might start you know, to fend the, off relegation. Yeah, exactly. Or and it's, it's really annoying in that sense because it's like... The, another reason why the FA Cup final should be the last game of the season is because it should be... The, everything else should be done and dusted and this should be, you know, everything should build up to this. And it's like, but mm. no, because the Premier League comes the weekend after, if you've got two teams in the final who are also both involved in either a, you know, um, a title fight or perhaps one of them's involved in a relegation fight, like Wigan, how mm. much are they going to be genuinely up for it? Because, I mean, like... You know, okay. Thankfully, Man City don't have a chance now of actually winning the Premier League. But like, if this was last year, and and Man mm. City are in the final, how much would they have honestly put into the FA Cup, knowing that they could win the the whole Premier League the following week? They wouldn't. They'd have just put out a kind of a good enough team so that they can't be accused of like fielding a weakened team, mm. and they probably wouldn't have given much much thought to it. And okay, you could argue, well, that would then potentially uh, give the a, a different team a chance of winning. But then. 
do you really want a, another team winning it just because the bigger team hasn't really turned up or taken it seriously? And sure, it's like, yeah, shallow no, victory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, like, you know, at least I know that when, when Coventry won it, because um, we won it, you know, in 1987, <laughs> haven't mentioned it yet. Oh, really? Tell um, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go on about it at length. Um, and it's like, but, you know, like I say, Tottenham and Coventry both fielded good teams. You know, they fielded the mm. best team they had because both teams genuinely wanted to win it, you know. I mm. mean, like you've said, Christy, you get the feeling now sometimes that they don't really give too much of a stuff about it and I'm sure that you know the fans of their teams will go oh that's not true of course they care but it's like you can see they don't and in mm. fact half the fans don't care either if the Premier League no. was coming up the weekend after most fans would not give one tiny toss if they actually lost the FA Cup and won the Premier League the following week and not because mm. oh you know, you've got consolation of the Premier League but it's just because and if it was the other way round that they won the FA Cup but lost the Premier League they'd still be depressed and wouldn't sort of see the FA Cup as any consolation it yes. would be a case of oh we've lost the Premier League and that's it that's the be all and end all mm. mm-hmm. sorry I'm going yeah. on about the Premier League again <laughs> no, no no fair enough no yes, you're, you're absolutely right um, I've just remembered what I was going to say actually, <laughs> on, it's me age you know um, <laughs> it was a, you were talking about the Wimbledon final and I found myself strangely watching um, bits of that on YouTube earlier on because somebody has actually uploaded the whole thing like two hours worth of footage from ITV and um, it's, I think the story is that the guy who uploaded it actually went to the final at Wembley and decided to just set his video recorder and then watch it later on, which is pretty amazing. So it's got all the adverts in and everything. Um, but what's clear about that, as you said about like one-sided finals, I think what comes across in the commentaries, there's lots of references to the fact that this is like apparently the most one-sided final, certainly in recent memory, if not sort of ever. And I think there was odds quoted at the time of like four to one on for Liverpool to win and four to one against for uh, Wimbledon. It's like literally, it's like, it was just like, why are you even considering the possibility of Wimbledon winning? Because it's not going to happen. But um, <laughs> but when you watch the um, the post match interviews, <laughs> I think it's Eric Young of um, Wimbledon who sort of said, Yeah, I know, I had 20 quid on us to win. <laughs> like, well done. <laughs> that man's now set for life. Yes, he's just sitting on his riches. So, um, so yes, but that's, I, if you've, you've got a two hours to spare, and you want to see how ITV presented football back then in 1988, then just go go and look for it on YouTube because it is there. Um, but um, anyway, we've been talking about the matches themselves, but of course, we just mentioned TV there. A nice segue, I think you'll find. Um, Pretty good, which, sir. Thank you. Um, we're just going to talk a bit about the presentation of how um, things were done on the day by BBC and ITV, in the UK at least, um, on Cup Final Day. Because let's not forget that um, if you go back to um, certainly the 70s and to some extent the 80s as well, it was a big deal. We come back to this point again about the fact that it was a big prestige match at the end of the season. Um, so both of the terrestrial channels in, in the UK would devote several hours to... Um, showing this final off and and giving people as much information and kind of scene setting as possible to make it a real occasion and um somebody uh i think on uh twitter earlier on actually mentioned the fact that you know on the day there was a lot of um stuff going on there would be a big build-up to this and i'm sure many of you uh, our humble listeners will remember um what would tend to happen is that bbc and itv would start um, their coverage, if not at lunchtime, then even earlier in the morning. Um, I've been doing a bit of research into this, looking at some old. <laughs> Please excuse me for the fact that I'm now so sad that I had to do this, but um, uh, looking at old issues of the TV Times, and it seems to me, um, if you go back to the early 70s, they actually started uh, ITV their coverage at about half past ten in the morning. Um, but the fact is that they had to kind of pad it out a bit. It wasn't all football all the way. There was kind of lots of things like they would cut over to some horse race at Kempton Park and then come back, do a bit more chat about the football, and then there'd be wrestling on at 12 o'clock and stuff like that. So, But nonetheless, um, they really would put in this huge effort, and it's that was kind of lost, I guess, going into the 90s and getting into the sort of Sky era. I suppose they, there wasn't the need to do that so much. But it, yes, it might seem a bit cheesy, um, really looking back at it, but it was great fun, though, wasn't it? Rich, I mean, like you said, whether it's your sort of Saint and Greavesy element to this, or you know, there's some, I think it was uh, Kevin Bell. Hello, Kevin, on Twitter, sort of said that they used to on the BBC they used to do Cup Final, it's a knockout, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's great. It's great fun. Why not do that sort of stuff? Make a day of it, for God's sake. 
Well, to be honest, they do these days, but it's just not for the FA Cup, it's for the Premier League. Mm. And actually, yes. it just struck me, actually, they do nowadays, on the last day of the Premiership, they start the coverage about three hours early and just ramble mm. on and on about it for hours. And it's like, yeah. well, we used to do that with the FA Cup, you know, but the difference was, like you say, nowadays they'll just talk in, in a kind of pseudo-professional, kind of really dead serious sort of way about how damn important it all is, whereas in the old days of the FA Cup, it was, you know, laugh, laugh a minute, they'd have like a charity <laughs> match and then they'd have like some kids playing on the pitch or something... <laughs> And then they'd have like you know a giant elephant versus a bear or something. Maybe that was medieval <laughs> times. I can't. I can't remember. Um, but they, yeah, and then they'd have like the kind of you know the camera on board the coach, and then they'd have the helicopter following the following the coach as That's it right. drove from you know from Wimbledon about two miles down the road. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know. the long arduous journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but it, it it did really it did actually do um, what it was supposed to do, and that was build up to the final. You know, it mm. actually did create that sense of anticipation. And and when you look back at it, I'm sure half of it was incredibly crap um, but at the same time it did the job and it yeah. didn't need to be so overly serious and half the time there'd be some crazy you know wacky feature about one of the players clowning around or something but it, it didn't take itself too seriously and it was oh. it was fun to watch as a kid it was some of it was boring you know and, and but it, because it was on for three hours you could dip in and out you could switch off or whatever you know mm-hmm. turn over to the other channel and see exactly the same coverage because both channels were covering the FA Cup final actually mm-hmm. did that ever happen I might have made that up as well <laughs> yes I, I think it did um, yeah. So, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, I c- could that work nowadays? I I don't know if it could. I certainly not by showing the same sort of stuff. You know, it's mm. just, maybe they were just more innocent times. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I think we were saying before the before we came on air that um, um, I think someone like Sky actually did try and do do this kind of retro approach of of having a uh, coverage right from the morning of the of the final all the way through i can't remember exactly what they would have done or what was featured but i'm just looking i can actually give you a few um, examples here of how itv certainly did their build up to the final um, from years gone by i probably will write this up into a a blog post that will maybe appear on our blog site in the week leading up to the fa cup because we're going to try and do a few fa cup themed things for that week um but i'm just looking here the 1973 tv times um coverage started at 10 30 dickie davis as you'd appreciate um cup final comment with jimmy hill um and then 11 o'clock wrestling just by way of a kind of palate cleanser and then at um 1205 that is thing called Wembley Star Spot, uh, which apparently was Dickie Davis talking to the stars and personalities at t- today's game. <laughs> Very 1970s, I must admit. Um, then you had racing, um, and then you had um, basically some impersonator, uh, some, some impressionists and impersonators um, taking the Mickey out of football figures in the world of football. <clears throat> okay, um, I suppose that would have kind of risen or fallen on the actual quality of the impersonations. I'm guessing they, but, the, uh, they would have been terrible if my, if my memory serves <laughs> me correct. Any of those sort of things were usually utterly cringeworthy, but they would still be laughing hilariously back in the <laughs> studio. <laughs> That's right, and I'm guessing that the most of the impersonations would have been like on either Brian Clough or Jimmy Eel because. Frankly, those are the only two people worth doing impersonations of from the football world at the time. I was going to say, to be fair, that sustained everyone through the 80s and pretty much most of the 90s as well. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Even after Brian Clough was dead. (laughs) Um, And intriguingly, 225 Cup Final Athletics. Um, Yeah, I'm not even going to try and... Yeah, paint a picture what? in mind of that. Um, so that was sort of 1973. Uh, very quickly, 1976, um, they had the coverage started at 12 o'clock. So they had obviously worked out that maybe it was a bit of a struggle to fill all that time. Um, at 12.05 at the team hotels. Of course, that's a key part of the uh, coverage, of course, going to, <laughs> to the hotel, as you say, which is probably just like in Watford or somewhere, um, talking to the managers. Um, and then you had... Uh, certainly a common thing I know the BBC used to do which is spend a bit of time looking at how the teams got to Wembley and I'm not talking about by the coach I'm talking about <laughs> like the matches that were played and the goals that were scored here's, and here's Gary Neville on the tube <laughs> <laughs> that's right yes <laughs> yeah um, here's, here's um, David Beckham taking a short stroll from around the corner at his penthouse flat um, one fifteen. this was in 1976 One fifteen. be a soccer commentator Brian Moore talks to the winner of a brand new national competition designed to find an under 16 year old who will surely never forget his Wembley debut that sounds like fun um, yeah. and then 2 o'clock they had this thing called cup final prediction where they got this Dutch astrologer to predict the world cup uh, so, so to predict the FA cup final result because apparently this guy had 
correctly predicted the World Cup finalists two years before. And I remember seeing, actually, um, there was something on ITV a few years ago, and <laughs> I'm not sure which year it was. It might have been about 1974. I seemed to have this image that they one year they got this big computer with tape reels and stuff and they fed all these kind of punch cards in with like the data of who'd scored and the you know all the facts and figures about the teams that were involved and got the computer to work out the result and it was completely wrong at the end i don't remember what year that was but just something that randomly sparks off in my mind it's quite joyous really um and then of course you get through to the 80s and then you have the uh, tarby's bar um and you know saint and greaves the era and then as you say charity matches and stuff like that going on 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 the pitch before the match so it's sort of a little less cheesy but still a bit cheesy because of course it was you know jimmy greaves and all these all these jokes that he would utter so i mean but yeah i just as we've said it before looking back now yes it seems a bit kind of frankly a bit crap but back but back then with the different angle that we had on the world it would have been totally innocent fun and you know why not so and and you make a quite a good point that if they were going to do that again that sort of thing again in this day and age it would be difficult to uh recreate that innocent fun um really because we're all so sort of grown up and mature now and you know so it's kind of a tricky thing really but there we are well i mean can you imagine like the journey from the hotel to the uh to the ground would literally mm. just be footage of a silent coach with a bunch of miserable looking footballers with their <laughs> Dr. Dre Beats <laughs> headphones on yeah you know all just listening to whatever crap music and I could, you can guarantee none of it would be Phil Collins which it would have been <laughs> back in the day oh yes that's right all, fo- all footballers liked Phil Collins <laughs> the thing that makes me laugh though is again uh, some clip I must have seen in recent times um, when they used to do that thing of like are we now going to go to I don't Tony Gubber, who's on the coach with somebody, the satellite link would always break up because the technology was that poor. They wouldn't get any more than like five seconds at a time before the the link would just break and you'd just be left hanging mid-conversation. So it was just a completely pointless exercise. But they seemed to think in those days that the that the technology that they were using was completely indestructible and that it was all going to work out fine. But year in, year out, they would, <laughs> they would still fall for the same mistakes. But uh, but good on them for trying, I say. Awesome. Um, yes, bless them. Um, I suppose as we head into the final uh, 10, 15 minutes or whatever of the podcast, we should uh, tap into some of the comments because we've had a tremendous uh, response from people um, w- from the appeal that we put out um, about a day or so before this podcast was recorded, asking you for your memories of the cup final and uh, what it means to you and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we should uh, have a look at some of those, Rich. Hell Yeah. Sorry, Let's I do that, that rather right. enthusiastic. <laughs> oh yeah, American. let's look at Twitter. Um, <laughs> Kevin uh, Bell was actually, particularly pro- proficient with his with his comments. Um, oh, Kevin oh, Bell, read them out. Kevin Bell basically said uh, he recalls a, a history of cup final uh, cup finals film narrated by John Arlott when he was a kid, which uh, he particularly enjoyed. Um, again, he sort of says, you know, when TV coverage was the whole day long. Um, I don't remember seeing that. Did you, have you seen anything like that, Kevin? No, uh, uh, Kevin, <laughs> Rich, rather. <laughs> Who are oh, you? Is Kevin here? Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've not heard of it either. Um, totally new one to me. Yeah. No, I missed that one. Um, he goes on to, to refer to um, Gordon Armstrong's flying header against Chelsea in a quarterfinal replay against uh, Sunderland, who are uh, a bit of a shambles of a team that made it to Wembley in 92. Um, but he said, had cup fever though, which is what it's all about. I do remember Sunderland getting to that cup final. And um, yeah, it was a bit, even though it was only 2-0, it did seem a lot more one-sided than that, uh, as my memory serves. Um, and we've said that he you know, remembers cup final, it's a knockout. And actually, as I said earlier on on our Twitter stream, that there were the one thing that um, uh, BBC and ITV did used to do a lot in the 70s is to, to pad out this sort of day-long coverage is that they would have uh, cup final anything. They would have, like, cup final question of sport or cup <laughs> final Krypton factor and stuff like that. They would just kind of put cup final at the beginning of any ordinary program, get some celebs in, and then kind of put that out. And it was, you know, cup final mastermind, I think, the BBC had one year in the uh, in the 70s, as I recall. So, again, I mean, great fun. Great fun. I'd forgotten about that, actually. But, yeah, they did. Literally, it was yeah. cup final anything, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> cup uh, final the news. <laughs> <coughs> no, yes. Sorry about that. You finally Wasn't got that funny, Chris. <laughs> no, I, uh, finally got my bronchitis going again. Sorry about that. 
Um, just John really Pedlin made a very good point actually which was yeah. and I hadn't really considered it was that um, the, he said the best thing about the Old Cup finals was teams that premiered next season kit yes. um, and of course it, it happens a lot more than you think because um, obviously mm. Tottenham did it in 1987 yes. um, half of them obviously missing their Holston sponsor <laughs> I remember a mix that. up at the kit room yeah. um, and Everton did that in 95 um, and that was a, that was a nice looking kit that was um, yeah. and uh, I think they yeah they did it in um I'm sure they did it in '89 as well. Actually, they wore the the new kit because they. It was quite funny because they'd had the, the the previous kit for about three seasons and not obviously won anything. Well, I think they won the league in it, but like they hadn't got to a cup final, and then they got to the cup final and changed the kit. Yeah, I, could, I think we mentioned that, didn't we, on a previous podcast? Because I I remember the the previous kit that Everton wore was the the bib kit, should we say, the one with a big white panel across the shoulder, which I loved. And I was kind of hoping to see that in the cup final, and then they stroll out wearing a new kit. Uh, You're wrong, actually. You're wrong. Was that? Oh, I got the years no. wrong, did I? Because they, they did wear the bib one in the 85, <laughs> 86, but the, the kit they had after that was the Umbro one, which was just a kind of plain mm. blue with like diamonds on it. Diamond shadow and, pattern, and it yeah. was And it was that one that never got to a cup final. Ah, okay. I stand corrected. Yeah, sorry. I, I destroyed your memories there. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I, was, I knew it was something like that. Um, uh, what else have we got? Um, uh, yeah, uh, Jamie Parkins, we, he sent us a message just saying he remembers you know, 3 p.m. kickoffs, BBC VITV on Cup Final Day. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your message, Jamie. And thank you, John, as well, for your, for your kit uh, slanted uh, memories. <laughs> uh, Andrew Rockall sent one in as well about how about third and fourth place playoffs? Ah, um, crazy yes. idea! Crazy idea that ran for five seasons in the early seventies. And obviously, I missed that. But I was reading about it somewhere the other mm. day. I don't know if it was a magazine that I dragged out of my garage or something the other day. But I was actually reading about that, and I never knew they did that. No, I didn't until um, uh, only a, a few years ago um, on a website. Uh, in fact, two websites that I used to uh, be involved with, um, the latter of which was, I think, Football Fairground. Um, I used to do this kind of regular feature on a Friday called the Friday List of Little or No Consequence. And um, it was basically a sort of very trivial trivia list of uh, football-related facts. And um, I was kind of scrabbling around one week trying to think, what can I do a, a list of? And one of my uh, collaborators on that project, uh, Graham Sibley, said, I've got something for you for this week. What about a list of the FA Cup finals that had a third place match. And I thought, what? Third place matches? I'm, I, I, gener- as I say, only up a few years ago, it was like the first I'd heard about this. But um, um, I can't remember the years. I think we did um, get a link from Andrew. I haven't got it on my screen at the moment, but he did send us the link. Um, it's on Wikipedia, but I think it was the early uh, 70s. I think they tried it out for a few years. And I'm not sure they should go back to it because no, nobody's going to go for that, are they? Realistically, no, no club is going to want to play an extra match. To be honest, most people don't really care about the third place in the in the World Cup. In the so World Cup, the yeah. FA Cup. Who the hell cares? Yeah, it'd be nice to sort of think that, that in a in a world that only happens in our imagination that they would actually go for it. But I'm not sure that they would. But um, I think it's quite quite fun that really <laughs> just sort of having a yeah you know, see who finished third. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you must. Um, Henry um, actually, King's. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. on. No, 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 you carry. On. <laughs> no, you. Carry right on. <laughs> only, because, only because mine's not related to Twitter or Facebook. I was just about to go off on something else, but I'll, I'll come to it in a minute. Okay, well, I'll ring out the message from Henry King that we mentioned earlier on. Uh, he said uh, 3 p.m. kickoffs, which seems to be a common theme amongst all of you. Um, he said the hours of pre-match build-up, helicopters following the team buses, uh, free big match magazines that used to come with the Sassy paper. I don't specifically remember that, I must admit, but that's certainly worth um, throwing into the, uh, into the pot, you might say. So if any of you out there listening in have uh, remember that then get in touch because that's something I've missed um, fans packing Wembley Way the Twin Towers in the sunlight Barry Davis or Motti on the mic usually uh, John Motson has to be said I think Barry Davis only got in on about 1985 and that was probably about the only time he did it I think um, watching on a 22 inch colour TV with my dad but most of all I miss the fact that it used to be the pinnacle of a player's career which we've also mentioned so yes thank you very much indeed Henry for getting in touch what were you going one- to rant about? Uh, well, actually, something in terms of, but I've just spotted something else that Jamie Parkin has said, which was FA Cup final records, and he's put in brackets, <laughs> hmm, Anfield rap. <laughs> now, I remember the Anfield rap, and I could still, I'm not going to, <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm really not going to, but I could pretty much do the whole thing, because <laughs> I just remember that, and I remember <laughs> me and brother listening to that over and over again, just laughing our heads off, because especially with the... I, I, it was really bizarre because Liverpool used to have a player called John Barnes, but it was only when he released that record that I actually learned the p- correct way to pronounce his name was John Barnes. Barnes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, the things you remember. 
<laughs> my, I've got a bit of a kind of memory on that because my dad, bless him, um, he at the time he ended up working in a in a local factory that actually pressed um, vinyl records. Strange as it may seem, um, he was just kind of went through a phase of he'd been sort of uh, taken taken voluntary redundancy. He'd worked in a paint factory for about eighteen years, and then he sort of found that in his kind of late fifties, he was kind of struggling to find somewhere, some place to get a job. But for a short while, he ended up working in this factory. And what used to happen about once a week at least is that if there were any records that were pressed that had a slight defect, um, then he was allowed to, well, they'd probably just be thrown in the bin, but he would recover a few of them and bring them home and say, there you go, have a look at some of those, see if they're any good. And one of them was the Anfield Rap, believe it or not. And that's my excuse for owning it, and I'm sticking to it. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, just as soon as anybody mentions the Anfield Rap, that's what I remember. Um, I won't even bore you with the other records that he brought home, but uh, that's that's for another time perhaps, but... uh, Yes. What else have we got? Uh, well, I was just going to say, just on the records thing, I do still own a copy of Go For It City from, <laughs> from 87, and it was a pretty dreadful record. <laughs> it wasn't particularly... I mean, it wasn't that inspiring either. I mean, I think Tottenham's at the, in the same year was Hot Shot Tottenham, uh, which was actually a lot more jaunty and predictably with Chaz and Dave. Was it? Uh, oh, who, God. Who had become the FA Cup for Tottenham kind of, you know, yes, official guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, in partnership with Chaz and Dave. Um, the, the point I was going to mention earlier was actually uh, it's an offshoot of the FA Cup and it was um, the one of the longest gaps between uh, um, a first and second leg for a final I think mm. has got something to do with the FA Cup because Coventry still haven't played the second leg of the Anglo-Scottish Cup against yeah. St Mirren from 1988 It's a scandal I know, because they played the first leg apparently it was they used to have a competition called the Texaco Cup, which I That's think right. was between the FA Cup winner and the Scottish Cup winner. And I think it might have involved uh, teams from either Ireland or Northern Ireland and Wales as well. Mm. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and it kind of died out. I think it was in the sort of early, early 70s, 70s and then yeah. kind of died out late 70s or something mm-hmm. or the early 80s or something. Um, and then they tried to revive it in a different format, which was the Anglo-Scottish Cup final, right. yep. which I think the only one that ever got played was between Coventry and St Mirren. And they played the first leg at Highfield Road. And I always thought we lost one nil but it turns out we actually drew it one all as mm-hmm. I found this when I, I found one of my old when I was going through my stuff in the garage I found my old match facts book the other <laughs> day which used to fill in the results of which I'm going to review on the pod, uh, on the blog at some point Excellent. Um, uh, yeah so we drew that but the attendance was so poor that they never actually got round to doing the second fixture it was due about a month afterwards but they just didn't ever do it so we still have never played the second leg <laughs> do you imagine these kind of like emails now being sent from St Mirren every week um, and, and, and are you free at all at any stage this week maybe we could fit yeah, in the, yeah. you know. I noticed she didn't respond to our last email <laughs> that's right yes can we take it as read you're not interested yeah. uh, dear. Uh, one final message um, from our old friend uh, David Potter Calderon uh, who said uh, first memories from the FA Cup in 2008 or 9 um, <clears throat> he said he's got recorded highlights of various games highlights um, of cup finals from Spanish TV um, and he also mentioned a few other things Ronnie Radford on endless repeats which of course is an absolute given especially from the BBC's point of view from their coverage because they would always always show classic goals from the FA Cup in years gone by and Ronnie Radford and you know Motti screaming with it uh, would uh, be an absolute you know stitch on every single year um brilliant observation is 2d fa cups made of tin foil held up by the fans <laughs> superb <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of part of your, your fa cup ritual every year looking for someone in the crowd with one of those um elton john crying at wembley yes wembley way and uh Giggs's goal uh of course that he scored against arsenal i think i'm right in saying uh the uh <clears throat> Maisie run that he scored so uh that he uh the goal that he scored so um Lots of fond memories there. And uh, indeed, if you want to um, actually chip in and tell us some of yours, if you've missed the boat in terms of contributing to the podcast, do get in touch with us. Um, there'll be uh, an accompanying blog post over at uh, thefootballattic.com where you can uh, give us your comments. If you don't want to do that, you can email us uh, admin at thefootballattic.com, facebook.com uh, forward slash thefootballattic, uh, and what have I missed? Twitter.com Twitter, uh, forward slash football attic uh, get in touch with us we'd love to hear your memories and your opinions on uh whether you like the fa cup still to this very day um, any, anything you want to contribute before we go there rich uh, only that i haven't actually really talked about coventry winning the fa cup at all oh that's <laughs> I, 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 I well, the old clock on the wall i've hardly mentioned it 
<laughs> well, go on then. We've got two minutes. Go, go for two it. Two minutes. Oh, my good God. Uh, right. We won the FA Cup in 97. It was really good. And, uh, like, we, we beat Tottenham and it was great. And uh, thanks, Gary Mabbott's knee. Um, um, my, my main memories from that day was I nearly broke my back uh, when we scored the third goal. I did a backflip. Only I can't backflip. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. So I ended up smashing my back into the floor, which really hurt. Um, but I the funny thing is you actually mentioned earlier I think about like playing out and playing football on the day as well and mm. I remember I can still remember now me and my brother playing in our back garden um, after we'd won and just hearing car horns constantly <laughs> going across the city um, just on the on the day we won I remember seeing all the pictures of like um, Corporation Street and everything in the town just like full of people <laughs> um, and we went to see the FA Cup coming back and I've got some photos I must scan them in actually and put them up um mm. Because uh, it was, we went to see. I think, I, I think, I think we're somewhere on the Hollyhead Road for people that know Coventry. Mm. Um, I think they went down there um, and actually got like quite close to the bus they were carrying on. They had like, I think at the time, Kill Climb was holding the cup over the front of the bus, and mm. it's like it did look like it was going to drop it at any point. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, happy, happy days. And sadly, a very long time ago, I just one point I would like to say on that is I wish they would stop going on about it now. Um, not not the fans of the club, but I just think the way that they keep sort of clinging to it it's like yeah we know mm. it's like last year fair enough it was the 25th anniversary and it was nice that we wore that kind of memorial kit but mm. then because we got drawn against Spurs in the FA Cup this year we wore it again and it's just like to me it the only purpose it served was it highlighted the difference between the two teams and where yeah. they are it's like it's it's actually to me it was quite pathetic and a bit sad really and I mean mm. I don't mean sad in a kind of oh you sad git I mean kind of sad in a very natural kind of an upsetting way because it's mm. like you know at the time okay we weren't as good as Tottenham but they were our, you know we were in the same league um, whereas when we played them this time and it's and it, it's, the, the idea behind it was to be honest I can't think of it being anything other than a marketing exercise because it was yeah. like kind of oh well you know we're doing this because it's going to motivate the team it's not going to motivate the team how would it motivate the team because the team that's playing has no connection with 1987 whatsoever probably wouldn't have been born you know, then yeah. exactly yeah exactly so it was it was utterly ludicrous that it was going to motivate the team it's like no it might have motivated the goalkeeping coach Oggy who had mm. to be there yes. you know but other than that it, it was just facile and it just it just really kind of said oh look this is how far we've come you know Tottenham didn't feel the need to get any old special kit out and it's just uh, it was just in and then of course we lost three nils it was just just please stop you know we yes we did win it 25 years ago however let's look to the future and see what we can win I'm not saying we should just ignore it but it's just like can hmm. we just move on from it now it's, it's a bit like England in 1966 sorry people but oh, yeah, come yeah. on you know it's, it's a long long time ago let's look to the future and let's see if we can win it again rather than banging on about a victory that was so far in the past it's you know two generations ago now yeah sorry true that's my personal rant there no fair enough I think that's um, that's valid comment um, <clears throat> excuse me um, yeah the one my, my one final comment before we go is now that I'm resident in New Zealand it's kind of interesting we I get to see uh, one pretty much one game per round these days because um, ESPN show the matches uh, over here it's kind of ESPN as piped through from the US so you kind of get this rather odd commentary really but um, but but what I would say is that the way that they promote it on that channel on the ESPN channel over here is that they show lots of footage lots of old stuff from years gone by like the real kind of uh classic clips from years gone by they even put on little mini kind of programs that show you a little potted um overview of what happened in a particular final let's say and i think that's great and i think that's exactly the way forward it's a bit hackneyed and a bit cliched maybe to keep digging out all the old clips but the FA Cup's got a lot of history and it still um retains its place in the football calendar exactly for that reason because there's it's meant, meant so much to so many people and so many different teams and I think they should continue to to you know fall back on that and to use the history of the competition as its main uh, strong point and, and to remind people of uh, why we should all make a fuss of it so um, that's my final comment um, and uh, if you disagree or agree then let us know as I said before actually, um, I've got I have got one final thing to say, <laughs> oh, well, which was actually related to that it was um, mm. one thing that does annoy me now is that you know they always go about all the magic of the FA Cup and giant killing and that and yet whenever they come to show a football match from any of the rounds despite the fact you might have loads of potential giant killing opportunities 
they ignore them all and then no. they go and show you Man United I versus did. like Blackburn or something mm. it's like would you stop doing that you know yeah. realise that the reason people like the FA Cup or one of the reasons they like it is because you get to see these opportunities so mm. if there's a chance where they're showing Kidderminster versus like you know some premiership team show that don't yeah. show two premiership teams that have played each other four times already nobody cares yeah they're going through please the motions show. anyway so yeah exactly yeah just please show the actual interesting games the one that people care about you know stop showing premiership matches it's not the premiership sorry I've done it again <laughs> Jonathan Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the one thing that ITV did really well a few years ago when they got the contract to show live FA Cup games is that they started showing games from the first round and that was such a breath of fresh air because it you know, put the spotlight on some teams that wouldn't normally get the chance to, to, you know, to, to be on primetime TV and you, know, you get to see what their clubs are all about and their supporters and why they're so up for supporting their team. So um, that's the spirit, I think, ITV. Just remember that and see if you can you know, do that in every round whenever you show matches from now on as you quite... Yes. Correctly said, Rich. There we are. Speaking of the first round, yeah, it was weird to go and watch Coventry in the first round of the FA Cup oh, this year. Oh dear, yes. <laughs> that is a shame. Oh well, onwards yeah. and upwards, as they say. Exactly. Um, and on that optimistic note, I think we should leave it there. But thank you very much indeed for your time. Thanks for listening. And thanks to those of you that uh, continue to find us on uh, iTunes and uh, indeed on the web and, and listening into our old stuff as well as our new stuff. We, uh, we're very glad you're doing so. And we hope you'll join us again for another Football Attic podcast sometime soon. For now. Indeed. For now, from myself and from Rich, it's a fond farewell. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, also, hang on. One last thing. Mm. League of Blogs. League of Blogs. Get your entries in. Yes. Don't forget. There Join. is a deadline. <laughs> yeah, there is a deadline. Come check, up soon. Check it out on the website. <laughs> Until yeah. next time, anyway. From us, it's goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.